pray for us. Mm-hmm. Well, Father, I thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for this time together, and I just pray that we would have ears that hear what your Holy Spirit is saying to us, Lord. I pray that you would be with those who are not here. And Father, I just uh, look forward to see what you have for us this day, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
past wounds and past sins like waves drag you down to depths of the sea of self-pity to drown just believe and receive who you are and where you're bound once lost now completely found but until you cast your burdens on me until your honesty within you So I made 
made you and called you to be mine. I wanted you and I want you to know that you are worth my own life. I wanted you and I Some lives are not worth living for, so they say, so they say. But the smallest of lives are worth so much more, so I say, so I say. And I say to you, put down the Yet wearing the clothes of death 
and grave clothes leave you bound. It is time for a change, like stripping your heart naked and uncovering who I called you to be. It brings out who you're called to be For pride just hides your heart And masks your pain And your real beauty And you look good in humility Clothed in righteousness and peace It brings out all the features Of the heart you're called to be in humility Are you tired of battles fought and never gaining ground? Tired of always feeling caught, of being trapped and bound. Comfort found inside your cage makes freedom seem so hard. Clothed in bitterness and rage, who do you think you are? It is time. Discovering how much I've set you free Peace looks good on you Peace looks good on you I'll cover you with all I am
Strong, I will be your strength. 
much more than your woundings. Just hold on, forgiveness and see freedom from Thank you, Lord Jesus, for that truth. Thank you, Father, for your wholeness, for your peace, for your love that endures forever. We thank you, Father, that you've called us out of darkness. You've brought us into your marvelous light. We thank you, Father, that you chose us. Father, that you purposed us, that you planned us, that you knew us, Father. You've begun this work in us, Lord Jesus. I pray, Father, that we would continue to humble ourselves before you. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would continue to give us a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. I pray, O oh God, as we open your word today, Father, that we would be encouraged would be of good soil, Father, to receive, that we would not only be hearers of the word, but God, that we would be doers, that we would go forth, Father, each and every single day, Lord, laying our lives down, kicking up our cross and following you. Holy Spirit, give us the understanding and the insight to the urgency of the hour of this generation. 
Awaken us, O God, I pray, from our slumber, from the sin that so easily entangles us. God, that we would be, Lord Jesus, effective laborers in your harvest. That we are preparing for your return. We are fixing our gaze upon you, Lord. That we are enduring and persevering during trials and tribulations. That our character is maturing and growing more like Christ. That hope is established within our hearts. Our hope rooted and grounded in Christ and in Christ alone. And so, Father, we thank you, Lord, that we need not look elsewhere, but only unto you for this day's provision. We thank you that you are faithful, that you are our provider, our sustainer, our healer, our comforter, our deliverer. Thank you, Father, that you've already gone before us and that you are our rear guard. So, Father, we give this time to you. We recognize, O oh Lord, your presence among us. Speak, Lord. May we obey, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 34. Next week, we're going to pick back up walking through the Bible. Today, I kind of want to go through some scriptures in hopes to encourage us on this foundational scripture that I gave us last week for this upcoming year. Psalm 34, 14. And if you haven't, I'm going to challenge us again to put it in front of you, day in and day out. Psalm 34, verse 14. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Let's think about our week. How have we done with this? To turn away from evil. Turn away from our own desires. To turn away from the, the call, if you would, of the world to come and to follow them. To turn away from the gossip and the backbiting, the bad attitudes, the, the lust of the flesh. To turn away <coughs> and, to, and to seek to do good. To do good. To live right. In and of our own strength, we know we can't. But in the power of the Holy Spirit, whom has been given to us if we are believers, God, the Word of God says, God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. So we need not to make excuses to continue to go the way of evil, because we can do good. Again, not in and of our own strength. But as we depend on the Holy Spirit, as we depend upon Him to mature us and to grow us more like Christ, to live upright in a crooked world, 
The scriptures that we're going to read today, the majority of them we have read before. But we need to get them back in front of us. But before we get to those scriptures, I'm going to continue in Psalm 34. Let's look here in verse 15. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. He hears our, oh, I'm sorry, his ears are open to their cries for help. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. The Lord hears his people when they crawl to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. Verse 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles. But the Lord comes to rescue each time. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them is broken. Calamity will surely overtake the wicked. And those who hate the righteous will be punished. But the Lord will redeem those who serve him. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. Amen. Amen? Listen to this. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. Verse 17, the Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their trouble. The Lord, you all, God himself, hears and cares and takes care of his own. This picture of him turning his face from the wicked, but yet ever so caring for the righteous. The Bible says, and as we've heard, and as we've talked about, that if you do good, will you not be rewarded? Sin crouches at your door and its desires to master you, but you must master it. We must seek the Lord, you all, in this new year with a greater intensity than we ever have before. <coughs> we must humble ourselves and seek Him. And He will be found as we seek Him with our whole heart. This picture of no matter what the righteous endure, He is with them. And look what it says there in verse 19. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to rescue them each and every time. Amen. To think that we're going to live a life not of trouble is ignorant. Mm -hmm. No, we are going to face trouble. Even Jesus himself gives us this understanding. In this world, you will have trouble. <laughs> But be of good cheer, for I have already overcame the world. So no matter what trouble we are facing, we are to remember that we are called to live differently. We are, if we're saved, the righteous. 
We are called of God to live for God in our age, in our generation. We are called to uphold his standards. To live not for ourselves, but to live for Christ. To be his hands and his feet. To look differently at the world around us. To not get caught up in the temporalness of life, but to to have the reality that we have been transitioned from darkness, from unrighteousness, to light, to righteousness, to right standing with God. To know that we were in complete rebellion and yet now know that we are in complete union with God. All because of Christ. Nothing in love of ourselves, but all because of Christ. And that is the position in which as believers, we need to not only believe, but act to live out. To know our identity. To know the purpose now in which we have to live. To know that we are only foreigners passing through. Go to Malachi. Chapter 3. And we're going to start at verse 6 and go through verse 18. I was reminded of this portion of scripture. I don't know if you've read this portion of scripture before or if you have how long since you've read it, but I want I believe we need to be brought back to it because it's very interesting. This is the word of the Lord being spoken to the Israelites. They have wandered off from him. His priests have turned from him. And they are intermarrying with with these these women who are are not God-fearing women. His people have become wicked. And yet he's calling them to repentance. It's a call to repentance. It says here, I am the Lord and I do not change. That is why your descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's army. They've wandered off. He recognizes it. And I love the fact of what he establishes here. Look what it says here. I am the Lord and I do not change. He is faithful to what he has purposed. He is faithful to what he has already established. He is faithful. And that gives us such great hope. Or at least it should. He knows how wicked they are. He knows where they're at. And yet he says to them, but return to me. Return to me and I will return to you. But you ask, he goes on, how can we return when we never gone away? Malachi chapter 3. Verse 6 is where I started. So these people, God's people, who have turned from him, who have gone the ways of the world, gone the way of evil, 
not doing right, not following his commandments, not seeking him, seeking him and living for him. They've gone their way to do their thing. He's calling them back and they're saying, how can we return? We have, we've never gone away. They don't even see it. He's calling them and they don't think they've strayed. Should people cheat God, yet you have cheated me, he goes on. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? They still are not getting it. You have cheated me of the tithes and offering due to me. You are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight says the Lord of heaven's armies. If you would just obey, I will bless you. Kind of goes back to that scripture in Genesis that I just mentioned. If you do what is right, will you not be rewarded? Sin crouches at your door. It's desires to master you. These people turn from God, the God who delivered them, the God who has a beautiful, rich history among them, they know their God. They've experienced his miraculous power. And yet, they turn from him. And yet, the things of this earth and the things of this world look more pleasing to them. The gods in which were created by the heathen now have become their gods. And yet, they don't think they've gone far from their God. They still show up for service. They still come together. The priest still goes through the actions. And yet they're so far away from God. And God is calling them to repentance. And they have no understanding that they need him. They're wicked. And he goes on, verse 13. You have said terrible things about me, says the Lord. But you say, what do you mean? What have we said against you? Oh, you have said, what's the use of serving God? What have we gained by obeying his commands or by trying to show the Lord of heaven's armies that we are sorry for our sins? From now on, we will call the arrogant blessed. For those who do evil get rich, and those who dare God to punish them suffer no harm. Look at their response. Look at their response. What's the use of serving God? There's no benefit for us for doing it. Look at the wicked. Look how they're prospering. Look, they, they live against God, and yet they seem to be doing fine. Ah, let's not take all this God stuff serious. We'll go about the way we want to go. We'll do what we want. We'll live how we want. What's, 
the use? He says, you've said terrible things about me. And they say, what do you mean? What have we said? And look at this. He said, what's the use of serving God? Listen, it's no different than us. We get so caught up in the cares of life. And we blame God. Because things aren't going right. We don't seek him. Because I've given you enough time, God, to move and you haven't moved. So I need to do. I need to put my trust in man. I need to put my trust in me. I need to put my trust in, in this or that. God, you're not faithful, basically, is what you're saying, to the one who is faithful, to his word. We just read that he is God, he is Lord, and he does not change. And these are his people, and yet they've gone from him. They've turned from him because they see the wicked prospering. Why do we have to follow all these rules and laws? God, you're taking our joy. And God says, you said terrible things about me. And they say, what do you mean? What have we said? Have you said terrible things about God, you all? Think about that. See, we've got to be a people, as that song says, that allows our hearts to be stripped naked. These were God's people. They thought they had it in with God. They thought that they were saved. They thought they were God's numero uno. We've got this because we've got God on our side. And yet when he's calling them back to him, they're like, where do we go? We're still with you. He's like, no, you're not. You've gone your way. You're doing your thing. Listen to what it says there. You have said terrible things about me, says the Lord, but you say, what do you mean? What have we said against you? You have said, what's the use of serving God? What's the use of serving God? What have we gained by obeying his commandments or trying to serve the Lord of heaven's armies that we are sorry for our sins? Wow. Do you imagine, could you imagine speaking so flippantly? And yet we do. And yet we do. And maybe it doesn't verbally come out of our mouths, but in our hearts. And God knows our hearts. What's the use of following God? What's the use of following and obeying? There's nothing that comes from it. And how sad. And how sad. Do you think that way? <clears throat> think about your week. 
Think about the trials and the situations that you are facing in life. Think about the temptations that come your way. Are you living a life that is honoring God? Are you turning from evil? Are you doing good? Are you seeking after peace? Are you, are you maintaining it, working to maintain it? These people, God is, 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 is calling them back to himself. Come to me. And yet, the people said we haven't gone anywhere. And it's no different than the church today. Every Sunday, a message is being preached, reminding of us how great our God is and how we ought to be living for him. And yet, what happens when we leave Sundays? And it just shouldn't be a Sunday. It should be every day. That you're living Christ-like. You're humbling yourself. You're allowing the newness of life to come forth. To honor your God. Because remember what we just read. He turns his face from the wicked. Listen, we got to stop playing games. There's only two types of people. The unrighteous and the righteous. There's no in-between. There's no, I'm going to straddle the fence and still get in the kingdom. No, you're either saved or you're not. And you know you're saved if you're living a life that is transformed. Because you've given your life to Christ. You've accepted this free gift of salvation. There's not a life that Christ has touched that he does not transform. Because then he would not be faithful to who he is. So careful how we're thinking. Careful. Because you remember what the Word of God says. How does He transform us? By changing the way we think. These people, these are God's people. And God is calling them back to Himself. And they're saying, there's nothing wrong with me, God. What is all this? I don't need to come to you. I don't need to live according to your commandments or obey you. Look at the wicked. Look how they're living. They're prospering. They seem to be having a lot more fun. I'd rather do that. I'm okay with you, God. And God is saying, no, you're not. You're not okay. You're going the way of the wicked. Wow. And verse 16, he says, Then those who feared the Lord spoke with each other, and the Lord listened to what they said. Now, this is a beautiful picture, you all. I'm telling you, go back to Malachi, spend some time just meditating on these verses. We see the first set of verses. He's talking about these people who should be belonging to him. He's calling them back, come back to me. And they're saying, no, we never left. No, you have. And you realize he's speaking. This is what I said to them. This is what they said back to me. And now we see another type of people. The righteous. Those who feared the Lord spoke with each other. And the Lord listened to what they said. That is a beautiful picture. He not only hears and knows the heart of the wicked, but he hears the righteous. As we just read in Psalm 34, he responds to the, to the cares and to the cries of the righteous. And now he's listening to them speak among each other. In his presence, 
A scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those who feared him and always thought about the honor of his name. I don't know about you, but when I read that, it just kind of sat there on me for a moment. Did you hear what that says? Then those who feared the Lord spoke with each other and the Lord listened to what they said. In his presence, a scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those who feared him and always thought about the honor of his name. Do you think about the honor of his name when you choose to act out? Oh, you all that's how the righteous live. That's how those who are saved live. Again, we're not called to be perfect. We're not talking about a perfect life, but we are talking about a maturing life. A life that is grieved by the sin that so easily entangles that we throw it off and say, no, that does not honor my God. Like you give thought before you do. You give thought before actions. Because you're being transformed because the power of God has invaded your very soul. Because when you become a Christian, you receive the Holy Spirit. And that's why you ought not to live a life that grieves the Holy Spirit. You live a life that honors His name. And those who fear Him and honor Him, their names are written down on the scroll of remembrance. Then he goes on. They will be my people, says the Lord of heaven's armies. On the day when I act in judgment, they will be my own special treasure. I will spare them as a father spares an obedient child. Then you will again see the difference between the righteous and the wicked between those who serve God and those who do not. That's what we're talking about today. We're building on a foundation of that scripture from Psalms 34, 14, which I'm challenging you all to let that be a scripture that's impacting your life. Turn from evil, do good. Seek after peace and work to maintain it. There ought to be a difference People should see a difference in our lives because we are saying we are Christians. And if you're not, then I, I call you as back to repentance. Come back to God. Turn from your wicked ways. Turn to God. Turn from evil. Turn to God. Because look at this promise here. These people who honor my name, who have a fear Look what it says there. They will be my people. On the day when I act in judgment, they will be my own special treasure. I will spare them as a father spares an obedient child. Then you will again see the difference between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who don't. Because those who don't are banished to an eternal hell. To an eternal hell. I was reading through Matthew this morning, and we're not going to go there. 
but how Jesus was exposing the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Oh, you hypocrites. You travel far, many distance, to win converts, but you make them twice as much the son of hell as you are. Woe to you who think that you're going to escape the fires of hell. Jesus' words. Woe to you who are hypocrites, who do evil. Like, wow. Jesus, you all. Are we really getting it? Like when you read and you hear these, you're you're either one of the two groups of people here, Malachi. You're those who are going, what? We'll come back to God, live for God. I am living for God. I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing. In reality, you're not. You think you're right, but you're not. You've got a counterfeit faith. And in the end, what was it worth? Because you're more swayed by the things of this earth and how the people of the earth are living. You're more swayed by your temptations and your desires within to do whatever you want to do. And live however you want to live. And deny God. Talk bad about God. Oh, I tried that God thing, but it didn't work. I'm going to do me. Oh, I don't want to be a Jesus freak. I don't want to go all in. Because then what joy am I going to have? What am I going to be able to have in this world? Like our, our minds are, are blinded. And we're acting ignorantly. And God sees it. He saw it then. And he has seen it throughout the generations. But yet he knows the ones who worship him, who seek after him, who fear him, who honors his name. Those are the ones that are his special possessions. Think about that. Like, I don't know how that moves you. beautiful is that? Like how beautiful is that? Go to 1 Timothy. These next set of scriptures are, are, should not be foreign to us. But I want to get them back before us. And next week we'll pick back up in our walking through the Bible. <clears throat> but 1 Timothy chapter 4. One through sixteen, old chapter. <laughs> All right, chapter four, first Timothy. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times. Some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars and their conscience are dead. They will say it is wrong to be married and wrong to eat certain foods, but God created those foods to be eaten with thanks by faithful people who know the truth. 
Since everything God created is good, we should not reject any of it, but receive it with thanks. For we know it is made acceptable by the word of God and prayer. If you explain these things to the brothers and sisters, Timothy, you will be a worthy servant of Christ Jesus, one who was nourished by the message of faith and the good teaching you have followed. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideals and old wives' tales. Instead, and focus in on this, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle, for our hope is in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and particularly all believers. Teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers and teaching them. Do not neglect the spiritual gift you receive through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Give your a complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your tasks so that everyone will see you progress. Keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. We've got to be careful, you all, to just expect the pastors or, you know, people who you may think are, are really mature in their faith. We've got to stop putting expectations on everyone else to live the matured life and not on our own. Well, that's for the pastor to live. Well, that's for that person to live. Oh, that's for this person or that person. Oh, but it's not for me. Oh, we got to get away from that. What is written here to Timothy is written here for each one of us. This is the way you ought to be living. This is the way Christians are to be living, growing, maturing. Look at that verse 1. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last days or times, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. Like people will turn from the true faith. And they will begin to be influenced by demons, to believe different teachings and thoughts. Do you realize the day and age in which we're living? Do you realize how truth is being stripped down? Christianity is being mocked at more so and at an ever-increasing alarming rate even in our own nation. There's so much teachings out there that are giving the rights for people to live however they want. And then, not, on, on, not only that, but they're also allowed to call themselves Christians. Because the church doesn't know how to address these issues. Because the church isn't raising up the standard. And it's just not the church at large, but it's individual Christians. 
Like, how are you all doing raising the standard up while you're out there in the world? Are you just going along with the world? Or are you raising a standard up? Oh, but what would people say? Why are you worried about people? You're fearing people and not God. Well, I'll just expect that person to do it. Surely God's not asking me to. No, God is. Like, there's no, like, oh, I have a choice if I want to or not. No. I know we like to give people that. Just come, sit, hear the word, and go. But no, that's not how a Christian ought to be. You are to be an effective laborer out there in the harvest, raising up the standard. No, I'm sorry, I don't go that way anymore. Not beating people down. People have a right to live how they want. But you may be the very last Christian that is in their presence before their life is taken from them. And maybe you've missed the opportunity of sharing the gospel. Like, no, I'm sorry. I'm not going to partake of that with you. I'm not going to backbite and gossip. I'm not going to get involved in, 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 in lust and all this other junk. Because I'm living differently. I'm just not going to let words just so easily come out of my mouth. No, I'm going to learn to humble myself before God and allow the Holy Spirit to tame my tongue. Like, I'm going to live differently. There's an awakening that takes place within your very soul. This is, I'm to be different. I once lived that way. I live this way now. If you're still living that way, you've got a counterfeit faith. Because that's not how we're to be living. We're to be living here in the light, in his presence, honoring his name, fearing him respecting him, knowing that he willingly laid his life down for us, that he loves us. Like no greater love than this, than the display of Christ on the cross. Like he knows your faults, he knows all about you, and yet he still says, come. And maybe you came years ago, but you've wandered off. He still says, come, come back to me. Stop going the way you're going because you're going to end up apart from me for eternity. He loves us so much that he constantly gets before us and says, stop. But he loves you enough too to say, if you don't want to, I'll let you go that way. But that's not what I have for you, he says. And we know, as the word just says, that the Holy Spirit tells us that there's going to be those who will fall away from the true faith. And they will be deceived by these other doctrines and teachings that gives you the right to live however you want to live and still think that you're saved. That's a deceptive teaching of hell. Because that is not the teaching of the gospel of Christ. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. And you saw that Timothy... Paul was charging Timothy to, to, to keep preaching, to keep teaching, to keep living. Be an example to others. Who are you an example to? You ought to be an example. You ought to be living out 
the fullness of Christ, having this joy that no matter what trials you come under, no matter what you're facing, that it brings out from you even more of a level of maturity instead of caving in and going back. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3 through 14. Timothy, I thank God for you. The God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted. And I will be filled with joy when we're together again. I remember your genuine faith. For you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that the same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you, and this is what I want to focus in on, verse 6. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. God has given us this. So never be ashamed to tell others about the Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I am in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time, to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. And now he has made all of this plain to us by appearing, by the appearing of Christ Jesus our Savior. He broke, oh my goodness, the power of death and illuminated the way to life through the good news. And God chose me to be a preacher and apostle and a teacher of this good news. That is why I am suffering here in prison. But I am not ashamed of it. For I know the one in whom I trust. And I am sure that he is able to guard what I have been entrusted to, to I'm sorry, guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you've learned from me. A pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. Through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. We're reminded through these scriptures here, this encouragement to be faithful to what has been entrusted to us. To recognize that you are called into service. And this isn't a joke. This isn't just a Sunday morning thing or a church thing. You know, no. I love the fact that he points out his grandmother and his mother. He points their faith, but he focuses in and says, it's your faith too. You're just not relying on your grandmothers and your mothers. No, Timothy, you're living it out. See, the faith of others aren't getting you into his kingdom. It's the faith, your faith in Christ and in Christ alone. It's your willingness to yield to the Holy Spirit's power within you to transform you. And look at what it says there. You have been entrusted with the good news, you all, with the gospel. You've been, been called out of darkness. You've been adopted as his very own child. 
He has purposed you. He has planned you. And He's entrusting you with the gospel. Who are you sharing the gospel with, you all? Because you ought to be. You ought to be. Well, I do it by the way I serve. Do it by speaking. And by speaking, your service should be lined up with what you're saying. <clears throat> I know we like to pretend, well, me serving will win them for Christ. But we are called to preach the gospel, share the gospel. And in doing so, and preaching and sharing, your life lines up with service just comes naturally. You have to open your mouth. You have to share the good news. You have to talk about Jesus. And in doing so, they'll see your service because they'll see a difference. A lot of us may talk about Jesus, we may invite people to church, but yet we're running them up with them. And they see no difference. But that can see a difference in you. No, they really pray. <coughs> there's something different about you. The way you're living is different. And you really take this serious? I, yeah, I do. Such great love has been displayed to me. God was pleased to reveal himself to me through his son Jesus. And in that revelation of who Christ is, and I see my need for a savior, I willingly laid my life down and received his free gift of salvation. And now he's working it in and through me. This hope that I had, this world cannot take away from me. I once did these things, but I no longer do these things. And just as he did it for me, he could do it for you. good news that's the good news and just as Timothy was being instructed to remain faithful I want to instruct you remain faithful if you're not walking with him come back to him don't you dare take another step going your way don't leave this place today and go your way you'll be like those people in Malachi Romans 1, and I don't have time to go there, but I've been hearing many different, lately, many different pastors talk about this, how he turns them over to their own desires. He turns them over. Men are having sex with men, women are having sex with women, people are just giving into orgies and desires and, and idols and living however they want to live, and he turns them over. And the revelation lately that I've been receiving as I'm, as I'm reading that and I'm studying that and I'm hearing these other men of God speak, like he's turned, that's his wrath. Like we think of his wrath at the end of days. But he turns them over to themselves. And he pulls 
himself away. His wrath. These people are experiencing to live however they want. I said, oh God. Are we under his wrath or are we under his grace? You know which one you are if you really look at your heart and how you're living. Well, I'm not doing the bad sins. Oh, but if you're doing any and you're not convicted and you're not being transformed, the more you keep going your way, the more that you keep wanting to be prideful and arrogant and just nasty and foul-mouthed and full of lust and full of gossip and full of everything that is totally against him, the further you're going, away from him and you're going to be swept up into deceptive teachings and he's turned you over because that's what you asked for I don't love you God I'd rather do me but that's not how you're called to live like we're to be children under grace Saved, holy, growing up, maturing into the things of Christ, building a community of believers to hold each other accountable. I said it last Sunday. The church is a place of, of believers gathering for accountability, and what a beautiful gift that we've been given each other to do life with, to hold each other accountable to pray and to intercede and to serve, to impact our communities with truth by the way that we, that we serve and the way that we speak and we, we get out there and we just live among people, but we display to them the awesomeness of our God and we share with them the good news that even if we fail, we get up. And we go, oh, I don't belong there anymore. I belong here. Like we're identifying differently now. I'm telling you all, hey, think of yourself. But I'm going to think, tell you about me. I know the dirty man that I was. I know how horrible of a man that I was. And when I lay there in that hospital bed, when, when I think, God, just life is here, but just merely a breath. You're here one day and you're gone tomorrow. And I think of the opportunity that he has given me, that he's given us, that he reveals himself to us, calls us to himself, calls us to himself. And yet, how do we respond? Like, God, I don't want to do evil. I want to do good. I want to seek after peace, God. I, want to, I don't want to take what you've given me for granted. This newness of life. I want to guard what you've entrusted me with. The gospel message. I want to lay my life down, God. For you. How are you responding? How are you faithful with what you've been entrusted with? Because I'm telling you, it's time to wake up, you all. It's time to stop playing games. It really is. I can't keep going. I can't keep going 
the way we've been going, we've got to get up. We've got to guard what's been entrusted to us, and we're, we've got to remain faithful. Go to chapter 2. Verse 1. Timothy, my son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. You see how it works? You're teaching, you're sharing, you're passing it on so it can be passed on. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers do not get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I'm saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. Give thoughts, give thought, you all, to what you're hearing. What has been written down here for you. The Lord will help you understand all these things. Always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news I have preached. I preach. And because I preach this good news, I am suffering and have been chained like a criminal. But the word of God cannot be chained. So I'm willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. Are you willing, you all? This is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. Remind everyone about these things and command them in God's presence to stop fighting over words. Such arguments are useless and they can ruin those who hear them. Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. Avoid a worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. This kind of talk spreads like cancer in the case of these two men back in the day. They have left the path of truth, claiming that the resurrection of the dead has already occurred. In this way, they have turned some people away from the faith. But God's truth stands firm like a foundation, stone with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are His, and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. All who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. Wow. Think about that, you all. Be a good soldier. Grow, mature. Do right. Do good. For if you belong to Jesus, 
you are to be turning away from evil, not giving into it. Go to chapter 3, verse 1. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. Turn from evil and do good. Seek after peace and work hard to maintain it. In the last days, people are just going to be lovers of themselves, you all. That's why you always hear me say, it's only going to grow darker in this world. But you're to be growing brighter. And you will suffer because you are of the light. You are not going to be accepted by the world. Think about that. If you're supposed to be choosing to do good, you're to be turning away from evil. In the last days, look at how it's described. Are you one of those people? You ought not to be. That is not who you are to be known as. You gotta stop making excuses. You gotta see it for what it is you need to repent. Turn back to God. And if you've never truly ever, ever been at a place of just recognizing who He is and falling on your face and going, I am a sinner, like, oh God, I need you, then I pray that today would be the day you would give your life to Christ. That you would receive his free gift of salvation. That your eyes would be open. And that you would respond. Because the days are growing darker, you all. And look at what it says there. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious but they will reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from people like that. I want you to see that scripture because you hear me talk about it all the time. That's who you're warned to stay away from. You don't have to stay away from the lost. You don't have to be angry at those in the world. I don't know why the church is fighting with the lost. The people you're to stay away from are people who say they're Christians and they're not. Because they deny the power which can make them godly. I can keep doing this. I can keep doing that. God doesn't matter. God knows me. Oh, I got a good with God. I can live wherever I want, do whatever I want. Oh, come to church with me. Yeah, I'm a Christian. And yet running amok. No, stay away from people like that. Because they're leading you to hell. They're under demonic influence. They're following a form of teaching that is demonic. And people are perishing. And we're called to stay away from them. 
Go to chapter 4, verse 1 through 8. In closing, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he appears to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me. The crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Are you eagerly looking forward to his appearing? The God in whom you say you believe in is returning to establish his kingdom. How are you living? Just be real with yourself and with God. How are you living? For a time is coming, he says, when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth. Are you rejecting truth, you all? I mean, that's between you and God. But I implore you, go back to Malachi. These people were God's people back in the days. And God says to them, come to me, return to me. And they say, well, we haven't gone from you. Oh, but you have. You've gone very far from me. You're not in obedience anymore. And now you're speaking ill of me. You talk bad about me. And they say, what do we say? Look at the way you're living. Look what you're doing to my name. Because you say you belong to me, and yet you live against me. And everyone that's in your sphere of influence, they say, oh, he's a Christian, she's a Christian. And yet, you dishonor my name. You're leading them to hell. And you think on Judgment Day when you stand before me, I'm going to have wide arms open, embracing in you, embracing you, saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. No, I'm going to say to you, depart from me. I never knew you. You worker of sin. You chose to go your way, so I turned you over to what you wanted. He's a just God. Oh, but I like to see him this way. Well, keep following that deceptive teaching. 
how sad, how sad that we would continue to go our way when God himself is calling us back to him and saying there's work to be done. We're living in a darkened generation. You have to get up and live righteously in the land. You have to go forth each day empowered by the Holy Spirit to do right, to live right, to honor his name. So whatever you need to do, however you need to respond, respond. Be real. Be open. He knows you already. He knows your heart. He's calling you to a place of repentance. Do not be like those people who say, I don't need to repent. I don't need to come to him. Or if you're sitting here today and you never accepted him, you never experienced the fullness of salvation, well then don't go into another day not being saved. <laughs> because life at any moment stop. The breath is taken from your body and all this foolishness would have been worth it. You to think about that. Is all your foolishness, your bad attitude, everything about you, would it be really worth it that you've dishonored him? I don't think it would be. I have to stand in his presence and go, oh, You're real? Like, oh God. And that moment, there's no do overs. Like, in that very moment, there's no do overs. You're face to face with him. And you can't be, oh, but didn't I go to church? And, and didn't I love this person? And didn't I do this? And didn't I do that? He's, I don't know you. I don't know you. And I know we like to think everyone's rejoicing in heaven. I know we like to think that everyone dies just as ushered into God's presence. But it's not true. And you say, you can't say that. You don't know that. No, it's here. It tells you not everyone's getting in. Only those who are righteous, only those who have called upon and believe in Jesus. Well, I, I believe in Jesus. <laughs> it's just not the words that you believe. It's the life that you live. Why do you think the church is constantly encouraged Remember who you are. Remember who he is. Live right. Act right. Do right. Work hard. To the end. Until you take your last breath. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Not by works. Unless you think, oh, I gotta do this, I gotta do that, I gotta do that. Because no, that's a, that's a lie too. No, your salvation... Your acceptance of Christ, your belief, your, your profession, and your confession of Christ leads you to live a life of good works. Not that I have to work to be saved. I, mean, I am saved because I believe. But my life then is impacted and now I'm living differently. That's the truth. That's the truth. Or you can continue to believe whatever you want. But in the end, he's going to look at you and say, I don't know you. And yet you have an opportunity today 
to say, God, I want to honor your name. Help me, Holy Spirit. I don't want to go that way anymore. I don't want to do those things anymore. I don't want to say those things. I don't want to give myself to that anymore. I don't want to keep playing the game. No, God, I need you. Humble yourself, you all. And let him be the Lord of your life. Let him be God. Trust him. And watch his faithfulness. Don't be, again, like those people of Malachi. who say, God, I trusted you. God, I tried to do the right thing, but it just didn't work out. God, look, that person's doing better than me. That person's, a, look, that person's getting away with it. Why can't I get away with it? Don't be that person. Be those who are faithful, who fear him and honor his name, whose names are written down. So that when you stand before him, he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter in. Enter into my rest. Enter in. The kingdom. See, you should be kingdom-minded. If you believe in Jesus, he's returning. And we're going to be ushered into his kingdom. So don't wait. You're not to wait till then. No, you live it now. You have to be kingdom-minded. You have to recognize the kingdom in which you have been engrafted in. You've got to know your identity now in Christ. You've got to know Him. You've got to grow up in it. You be kingdom-minded now. So when you're there, whew, well done, my good and faithful servant. This is our God, you all. As Christians, this is our position is in Christ. Your life should be honoring his name. I'm allow these songs to play over us and I'll close us in prayer. Thank you. 
It brings out who you're called to be For pride, just hide your heart And mask your pain And your real beauty And you look good in humility Clothed in righteousness and peace It brings out all the features Of the heart you're called to be in humility Are you tired of battles fought and never gaining ground Tired of always feeling caught, of being trapped and bound. Comfort found inside your cage makes freedom seem so hard. Clothed in bitterness and rage, who do you think you are? It is time. Discovering how much I've set you free Peace looks good on you Peace looks good on you I'll cover you with all I am Peace looks good.
broken, beaten, used Left your identity confused I know Believe me, I know Outside, play games to look your best Inside, agonizing death I know Believe me, I know Needing to be loved, you trust Trust was shattered, your heart crushed I know Believe me, I know Wounds on wounds that never mend Feel like home but cage you i 
Child, there is no shame admitting you are bound in need. The shame is when you walk away and never let me see or touch your need. Truth may hurt a little while, but truth will set you free. Yes, I see your hurt, but I wait for your So